I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to old like uh, martial arts movies. I love to watch some of the guys like Steven Seagal and Jean Claude Van Damme, and and some of these martial artists too. They were not only powerful at the strikes and the blows that they did, but they were really good at the footwork and getting out of the way of a punch. So Steven Seagal, I would say, even more than uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, only in their fighting styles. Now, then there are guys like Bruce Lee as well, or even Jackie Chan, which most people see as a comedian, not as a martial artist, but he's uh, quite a bit of both. But when you watch all of these guys, there's one thing you find consistent with all of them. And even in MMA or UFC or even in boxing, you see it today. There's a time to duck. There's a time to bow. There's a time to dodge or to faint. And there's a time to stand firm where you're at, take the blow, and deliver a counter-strike. And I think leaders who fail to recognize that last tactic, but they lose a lot more than the battle they're in. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. You know, there's an old phrase that says you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And I think there's a day, and I think we're in it, when conversations around the dinner table are gone. In fact, how many people even gather around the dinner table anymore unless it's going out to eat and gathering for a birthday where most people are sitting there staring at their devices. They're not paying any attention to each other in the first place. And that really kind of is disconcerting. But I think more than anything else, it's a matter of saying, how do we have conversations that are worthwhile when, well, we don't have conversations at all? Now, the real challenge with not having conversations is that nobody knows really what you're thinking or where you stand. And when you do have those conversations, they get highly emotional really, really fast. And everybody's at each other. And nobody really gets a chance to express their values, their thoughts. What are your core values? What is it that you truly believe? What are you willing to proverbially, proverbially or literally die on the hill for? See, it used to be that even in Parliament, even in Congress, people were willing to speak their minds in such a way, and they were allowed to speak their minds in such a way that everybody who was in hearing was very clear on what their opinions were, what their ideas were, what facts they supported their opinions and ideas with. Today, that's not where we find ourselves. In fact, we find ourselves in a place where people can espouse their beliefs based on commonly known facts, but because their belief system or their position of belief, right, left, center, otherwise, because of their position of belief, the facts that they quote, that they espouse their beliefs from, are called into question. Not because the facts are called into question. Not because the details themselves are questionable, but because the position of the individual is questionable. Now I started this talk talking about martial arts and and I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I studied up until my blue belt and then I moved from American karate to close quarter combat as a completely different fighting style with a completely different agenda. But I can tell you in a lot of what you do learn in striking and what you do learn in even the most basic martial arts is that 
absolutely nothing you do in the martial arts, no strike, no kick, no defensive move, works at all if your feet are not planted. If your feet are not in a firm space, if you are off balance or you are wobbly, there are only a few fighting styles, the drunken fighting style, the drunken uh, sailor, I think is what they call it. That's one fighting style that always looks like you're just about to fall over, but it takes massive amounts of body control, especially core control, to be able to fight that way because it always looks like you're on one foot and you're just about to lose your balance altogether. Now, aside from that, every other form of fighting requires that you have a firm base. Even when you're on the ground grappling with jujitsu or something of that nature, you've got to have a firm base. It may be your knees, it may be two knee, one knee and one elbow, it may be your hip, but you've got to have a firm base. You've got to have a strong foundation. And so it is in leadership, and so it is in conversation, and so it is in your worldview and your belief system. You've got to have a firm foundation. So what is that firm foundation for you? What core values do you build your life around? What things do you stand in defense of and argue vehemently to protect, to defend, to consistently portray as true? If you don't have an answer for that question, you're already fighting from a position of weakness. You're already in a position to lose the battle. If you don't know what ground you stand on, then you have no ground to stand on. If you don't have your core values firmly established, if you don't know what it is that you believe and why you believe it, how you came to those conclusions, then anybody can yank the rug out from under you. If you've ever seen those movies where someone's standing on a small island or maybe uh, the little squirrel, I think he's a squirrel from the Ice Age movies where he's always chasing the, that one last acorn and he finds himself on that floating block of ice and the ice is shrinking, 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 shrinking as it's going underwater and eventually he's standing on his three tiny little toes and he's trying to hold on for dear life and that's exactly where a leader will find themselves if they do not have core values. If they have not put their stake in the ground, so to speak, or planted their feet and said, I'll dodge you, I'll duck, I'll bob, I'll weave, but my feet aren't moving. I'm not leaving this spot. I watched some videos of, uh, I believe it's Anderson Silva. He's like a rubber man. They put him in all kinds of holds and he tends to get out of them. But there are several where he, like Muhammad Ali, will plant his feet and not move, but he moves his head so much and so fast and so far. I'm probably making the camera dizzy. Imagine what it'd be like trying to hit somebody like that. <clears throat> when you're in leadership, you're going to be hit from every direction. And some of those blows are going to be financial. Some of those blows are going to be relational. Some of those blows are going to be right down the pike of your industry. They're going to be looking at you as a target to take you out. If you're involved in politics in any way, I promise you, they will come at you from every direction. <clears throat> there are a lot of things that we, that we see like uh, traction, for an example, when, when a neck needs to be stabilized. They put this ring around your head and they put the screws in from every side and it prevents the head from moving in any direction. And there's like 12 of them. I remember my stepdad was in traction after he rolled his semi-truck and it was a big shoulder harness with a halo around his head and four or five posts that went up from the shoulders and 10 or 12 screws that went into his head so he couldn't turn it or left or right or uh, couldn't move it at all. That's what it's like being in leadership. There's there's always someone trying to push on you from another direction. They want to control your thought, your movement, your direction, your activity. Any way that you're going to impact or influence the world, others want to influence you. 
They want to make sure that they can push you in the direction of their favor. They want to make sure that you're bowing to their core values. They want to make sure that you're doing what they need done. And I don't care what level of leadership you're at. And when I say that, I mean quite literally. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a giant company or your mom and dad with three kids in a public school. Right now, what you think, what you believe is under fire. There is an agenda. Call me whatever you want to. There is an agenda to change the way your children think. And the way your children think is under attack. If you don't stand your ground, whether it's around the dinner table, around the breakfast table, or on your way to soccer practice, if you don't stand your ground, if you don't speak your values, if you don't share your core values with your children, they will get them from somebody else. And that agenda that's pushing from every direction on the head of your child like traction will eventually take the ground. You will find yourself in their teenage years like that little squirrel with three little toes holding on to the top of the ice cap, hoping to gain enough traction to regain a relationship with your children. But I can tell you right now, I've been in the room where the conversation took place where one person still had the tattoos on their arm from Auschwitz, and on the other side of the room was a young lady who had been taught by her high school teachers that the Holocaust was a myth. Now, if you've been there, you know it's no myth. If you've read enough history, watched enough archival videos, seen the photographs, know the accounts of what happened, you know it wasn't a myth. But if the lies can be perpetuated long enough, the truth won't be around to be found. If you're a leader, stand your ground. Do your homework. Do your research. Be certain that you know what you believe, and then hold on to it for dear life. And here is how you fight for the truth. If you want to fight for the truth as a leader, the power is in your stories. That's why what I do is called Story Power. The workshop is called Story Power. The interviews that I do with people, especially the new interview series we're about to start, the Faith, Family, and Freedom series of interviews. It's all about story power. Why? Because the stories that you have lived through Those are first-hand stories of history. Sure, they may be anecdotal to other people because they didn't live through it personally, but the fact that you did, the fact that you learned something from it, surely there's going to be more than one perspective. Maybe 10 people experienced the same event that you did, and you all got a different experience out of it. But the fact that the event was real, the incident was real, your emotions were real, your learning from that event was real, That's a story worth telling, and it's a story that people need to hear. Because even right now, while there's a war going on that it seems all of the world is paying attention to, a, a skirmish between two neighboring countries that have been either part of each other or at war for a long time, that war is getting global attention. And the question you have to ask yourself is, just like a good rope-a-dope, a good feint, a good punch thrown down the pike when really that's just to distract you so you can throw the uppercut, what's really going on that we're not seeing while everything we're seeing is about this one war? Could this one war become a world war? Well, I'm sure they could play it long enough to make that happen. I'm sure it could be poked and prodded enough to make that happen. It could be manipulated enough to make that happen, but it's not right now. But it is getting the kind of attention that you would think that a world war would get. That always makes me ask the question, what story are they not telling? 
What story is the media not covering? What's going on out there that we should be concerned about and we're not? As a leader, you've got to be asking those questions constantly. You've also got to be constantly telling the stories of your life, your real life experiences, the things that you've learned, the things that you've witnessed, the facts that you know because you've done your homework, you've done your research, and you were an eyewitness. You've got to be telling those stories to your children and your grandchildren every day. Otherwise, their minds will be consumed by TikTok. And there's not a lot of good to be found there. There's a whole lot of attention span stealing, nonsensical, time-consuming, mind-numbing information where there's some really good lies embedded into that time consumption and mind-numbing. Almost like very effective subliminal advertising. But I'll tell you what, if you, as a leader, want to stand your ground, the way to fight is telling stories. And if you need help with that, I would be delighted to help you. And if you have a story of faith, family, and freedom that you would like to share, send me a private message. I would love to get you up in our mobile studio and do an interview with you so we can tell your story to the world about faith, family, and freedom. If you don't stand your ground, you're going to find that your ground is either shrinking, like the little squirrel on the ice, or sinking, maybe like a polar bear if you believe that. I'm Jay Lauren Norris for Leading Leaders Podcast. And tell it like it is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.